This is the iMoveU podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication, and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled career. Roland, welcome back to iMoveU. We are at Yanada, and when I say we, I'm with Rory Chan Physio who also works at iMove, and we are on the iMove retreat last day. We're about to head back, and Yanada is a retreat space in Wiseman's Ferry. It's been a good week. How you going, Roy? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me on. What's your experience of retreat so far? Oh, it's probably one of the, yeah, one of the best three or four days I've had, and just really blessed to be working with an awesome team, just growing together, helping each other, and supporting each other. Top takeaways? Top takeaways. Um, there's so many. There's so many. Putting me on the spot. Yeah, that's what we do here. <laughs> uh, top takeaways, probably the importance of um, setting goals, but not just that, like setting goals, having each other accountable, having the right mindset um, when we're doing those goals and actually following through. Mm. And I think the thing we're changing this week with goal setting or this year is having quarterly team days, right? Because yeah. it feels like if you have one retreat and then another retreat a year later, it's a big it's a big gap. 100%. So we're looking forward to that, some goal setting. I like the lifelines. We did, um, if you haven't done lifelines, you try and draw a line which goes up and down. So you'll have like two highs, two lows and some funny stories that people might not know. And you try and do that in 10 minutes. Um, and we're saying that you you do the lifeline and then you can see why people are the way they are. And we, we got 12, 13 of us up there. So that was good. I like that. Mix a massive game out if you guys don't know. Big so game. If you, if you like Pokemon, hit them up. Role-playing games. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna talk about uh, perspective because uh, Roy, Roy's on iMoveU and obviously he works for me and obviously he gets in a lot of the online debates on iMoveU, which are usually about me. So, and, and even Roy, when he started working uh, with iMove, said, oh, I thought from what I'd seen of you, it would be very different. Can you explain what you mean by that? I think for, I think I can speak for a lot of people out there in the sense that Mick doesn't always have a consistent message. And I think that's what throws a lot of people off. And like, obviously I know Mick as a person, so I don't think he's being unauthentic, inauthentic, is that a word? I don't know. Disingenuous? <laughs> Disingenuous. Disingenuous. That one. <laughs> um, but I think that's what's really, really special about Mick is that he does embrace uh, one side and, he, and, he, and at the same time, he can also look from the other's end as well. And I think that's... Uh, mm that can put people the wrong way sometimes. Yeah, thanks, Roy. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, but, you know, this is uh, not to compliment me, this podcast. We were we were literally talking about, because um, you, you said to me, like, no, you, you think that way about that thing. Mm. And, and I'm like, well, I kind of, I'll argue for one point and then the next day I'm arguing for a different point. And, that, and when you said that sounds inconsistent, which can be a problem for people, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then we went into like perspectives and yeah. how we get different perspectives. So, um, 
Yeah, I brought up DK's stick exercise. Do you want to explain that? A stick exercise. So um, something that we did in the last retreat and we all had a stick and we put the stick on the ground and obviously you'd be standing on either left or right or in front or behind the stick. And that, I guess that represents uh, which side of the whatever argument, whatever spectrum that you're on. The stick is like the topic or the mm-hmm. debate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously you can cross the stick and go to the other side. Mm. Um, but I think what's the most powerful thing about that analogy is that if you take away yourself away, so stand perpendicular to the stick, you mm. can see the two sides of the argument. Yeah. And I think being having the ability to take yourself out of that one side and just see both sides as a whole as, um, you know, the interaction between the both. Yeah. And that's when you can be really, really powerful. And that goes for everything. It's not just video, just life everything. in general, right? But it can be at the same time frustrating mm-hmm. if the other person doesn't have that perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I like when, so DK, who's um, iMove business partner with me, picked up one end of the stick and the other person picked up the other end. And he said, when you hold a, a strong perspective or an argument or an opinion, it's like thrusting that stick forward. Mm-hmm. And if Roy's holding the other end, he's going to react because he's also holding it. So the reaction might be defensive or you might feel like you've been pushed. And that's, that's what a debate feels like. I'm pushing the stick into you and you have to react either defensively or aggressively. You'll push back. And then DK says, well, just put the stick down both of you walk to the other end and look at the argument. You can see the full spectrum. That's that side. That's that side. And you're both actually standing together, looking down at the opinion, the positive and the negative. And that's something um, that really resonated with me. But at the same time for you, and not just online debates, we're talking about social media. We're talking about how we do physio. We're talking about how we greet someone at work. It's like we would have a conversation about, uh, I would ask you a lot of questions, almost like I was arguing for one point. And then the next day I'd be like, okay, why don't you do this now? And that that's really frustrating, right? Yeah. yeah. How did you, what, what's in your mind? I know we talked a lot about social media, right? Yeah. So I think this, this is something that Mick doesn't only do on social media, not just on live review. Mm-hmm. Um, something it does in every aspect. And I guess it, when he does that, it really allows people to formulate their own ideas and I guess that's one thing that I'm really appreciative of and yeah it's frustrating at the time when you're like but one day you just looked at you just said this to me and then the other day you're like no you'd be complete opposite but like he would put prompts in the like during, during the conversation like you should go this way but um oh what a stitch up yeah classic stitch up but um I think it it, it, it also one of the big takeaways for me this weekend at the retreat is that looking at people's personality profiling and mm. I think Mick is uh, Mick's a one uh, what's, the, what's the word? What's Enneagram for those Enneagram, of you yeah. we did the Enneagram as a team yeah. yeah and he's like that's a very typical trait of, mm. of, of the one yeah and when used in a healthy way um, that can be awesome can be good then then I, I think the most obvious thing is like 
when we're talking about perspective, I always think about the manual therapy exercise <laughs> spectrum, right? You bring that up. Well, it's the most obvious one. Of course. And I was, was going to bring it up. You didn't yeah, bring it up. Well, it's... And this is something I'm battling with right now is should we even have perspective and thought and discussion in a field that is trying to be evidence-based? And I think that's the thing that feels conflicting. Um, Should we even be able to argue one side and the other? Uh, Sometimes it feels like there is evidence and then that's it. So there, there is no two perspectives. It's just like that's the evidence. And so often online I'll one day I'll defend manual therapy and then the next day I'll post a study that says it has the lowest power. Like, why would you believe that? Mm. Um, what are your thoughts? Should, is there room for that, that perspective? hundred percent. And I think one thing that stuck with me from early on our move days is that Mick was about being a bouncer. So, you know, being from uh, pro manual therapy, and to pro-exercise, you know, and you need to look at things, look at evidence from both ends of the spectrum. You need to listen to people, Mm. the leaders from both ends of the spectrum as well. I think once you can take both sides of it and understand it well and understand why people argue for that, then you can have a good sort sort of understanding yourself. And, you know, with most things, you end up a little bit in the middle anyway. You might have your own little biases, but... I think without understanding that and without, you know, truly understanding for other people's point of view, rather than just like, yep, I read that, that doesn't fit my bias. No, I think that's a bit pointless. It's tricky because I, like, you often, it's easy to fall into the trap of saying it's evidence-based, therefore I can read a paper and give me the answer, therefore there should be no room for this stick, like, Mm. Like, what do you mean? I'm not looking at that side of the stick or that side of the stick. This is a paper, which is science, which tells me this opinion. Sometimes I feel like that's how it is online. But And manual therapy is a classic example. There'll be a group of people that argue um, it has an effect, but it's small. There'll be a group of people saying, yeah, the papers that say that are really poor. So I'm on this side. Um, but I, I think as a young professional, if, you, yeah. if you're a new grad or you're a student, would you rather someone tell you, this is the way to go. Mm. This is what you need to listen to. This is what you need to believe in mm. rather than people presenting the options and be like, Hey, what makes sense to you? Yeah. I was super mindful of that in the course, in the early days of the IMU course. Like we did some, like the very first one, I did some manual mm. therapy and did it. The guy got up, moved a ton better. And everyone was like, Oh, that's amazing. But then I said, <laughs> now what do you think actually just happened there? Because I'm like, there's no way I was touching his cellus. It's physically impossible. Yeah. And then we got the narrative right. But I still think, I always look back at those first courses and think, is that harmful or is that helpful? Like, what if those 20 people now go out and just continue to use that technique in the wrong way or even with the wrong narrative? Um, so that's something I think about a lot. Were you at that? Yeah, I was at the very, you were at the very I, first I, I was at the very first You probably haven't been to one since, so it's, mm. it's super different. Like, we've taken that out for a reason. Like, mm. uh, I don't... I don't know if that's helpful. Did you walk away from that experience going, okay, that's an option I could use, but I choose not to, or it's just something in my mind? Um, yeah, it's funny. I think that's that's the thing that I, I learned from the course, but it wasn't my biggest takeaway. Mm. Um, and it was cool to have one of those things to try. Mm. So I think that the things that we did at the course that was a little bit different mm. was like a, um, a rock, rock blader, ISDN. 
on that on on the ankle, the edge tool. Yeah, the edge yeah, tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the ankle, and that's something that you don't really get to learn at uni, and mm. something something you would probably have your hands on. So it's just cool to muck around with it, and yeah, you know, like, do I do that nowadays? Or like maybe one in like once, like two months or yeah. something. But yeah. you know, for the patient that, um, for the patient that you know, you really want that, I guess, temporary yeah. change. Um, and we can have an argument whether temporary changes help or not, but I think um, it's really powerful to show patients that you can have a mm. quick symptom modification. Mm. With you know, I think what I was mindful of in the course is like obviously we spoke a bunch about exercise and how mm. the whole back eighty to ninety percent of the treatment plan that we put mm. up there is all exercise, exercise progression, education. But I was mindful to show the full array of things mm. like well, this is an edge tool and it exists, mm-hmm. whether you agree with it or not, it's there. Here's some K-tape, it exists, whether you agree with it or not, it's there. We did some rigid tape, we did some manual therapy, we spoke about exercise, we spoke about communication, we spoke about narrative. Like, my thought with the early course was to present everything that exists and leave you with your career. Like, your career is now go out and make your own decisions. Mm. Um, and, and it also wasn't like, you need to listen to me because you also said, like, this is a list of people that you also need to... You also need to listen to as well. Mm. So I don't know. I think I think it's tough being a young professional nowadays, and I see so many of it. Uh, so many people coming out of uni and just have like so confused because they 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 obviously taught one way in uni, and then yeah, they're presented with like these really strong views on online. Yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to formulate your thoughts. Mm. Something's been so strong. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about new grades, and that that's often a justification that I might have leaned on mm-hmm. with things like manual therapy, for example. Like, oh, but they're new grads and they've learnt it, so we can't just trash it. Mm. So again, using that perspective argument, I've often stepped away from that argument and gone, "Would it be more helpful to actually just trash it in your first day of physio and yeah. say you're not going to do that?" Like. The evidence isn't there or the evidence is not strong in support of. There's low value evidence for it. Would that be healthier or would it be healthier to do the nudging effect of like, here are all the options. We believe it's low value, but we still choose to use it um, for reason or for patient X, Y, and Z. I, I really often think about those two thoughts like, would it be more helpful to just do that drastic, fast band-aid, quick change, don't use it, and then therefore that has a stronger trickle-down effect or just nudge practitioners? What do you think? I think that's something that you guys who are listening right now, hmm. let let me know. Um, I have my answer, yeah. but I think that will be different for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you guys are in the community, and you, you guys are in the army community and you guys are a fresh grad, um, Tell me what, what what you want out of the content, okay? Because for some people, it might be just me. Just tell me what you do and, like, what you think is right. Yeah. Um, some people's like, no, like, I, I, I want to have mm. a holistic understanding of the research, manual therapy, exercise, the, mm. whole, the whole thing, all the fun things about this year. Yeah, it's super, I, 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 I know where I fall on that side. I, I'm probably biased towards the nudging, mm. like, you've just come out of five years, you've learned some manual therapy, let's not throw it out day one. But here's all the, here's the research, here's what can help, here's how you can reduce it, here's how you can present it. 
now go and start your career and figure out what you want to do. Yeah. But I also see the other perspective, which is like, well, if we just fucking get rid of it, it will stop the extreme examples of those practitioners who are taking advantage of people. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think that's the, yeah, I, I think the fact that you're thinking about that, I think it's, it's really good. It's really good. I think there's so much, like what grabs people's attention online is the, this is what you need to do or like the top three things you need to do to be a better physio. And like, yeah. they're the ones that gets the click and like just being stuck in the middle, like being, having a view in the middle and bouncing towards side to side that sometimes doesn't get the same effect on social media, which is, which is tough. Yeah. So you end up getting the really loud voices on, on, on social media mm. and you don't really see people who are in the middle. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm tr- I try to be mindful with, I think if you looked at the full history of my posts, you would see the bias there. Mm-hmm. You would see, I reckon, Nick leans towards keeping manual therapy in <laughs> consult, right? Yeah. Like you would probably see that. Um, but I do try to present like, yeah, I 100% think I could treat without manual therapy because I know I've done it with a whole bunch of patients um, towards like I haven't practiced for a year, but towards the end of when I was treating, mm-hmm. there were... I would say more than 50% of patients that I would treat without manual therapy. Mm. And that's because what ended up happening is I started seeing a lot of chronic back pain. Mm. Um, and that, ju- that was just a random trickle down effect of had, was interested in it, learnt about it, had a patient with it, applied the latest evidence, no manual therapy. They got better, went back and told the doctor, doctor started referring more and more. And then I just started seeing a heap of chronic back pain. So that's where it's hard for me. Cause like, I think if you looked back at all the posts, you would see that I'm like, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready to throw it out, especially in a course or with young grads. My nut, like I would lean towards nudging them. Here's all the info you need to make a decision. Mm. But at the same time, I'm fully confident and comfortable that I could treat someone without abusing manual therapy again. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I'm making a point, just rambling. I think, I think what I get out of that is that um, for, for new grads who might be sitting a similar view mm. as Mick and I think that there are quite a lot of you who sit in the middle mm. it's easy for them to disengage from the conversations and and be like oh like I don't really feel like I'm saying the right things because you know um, I'm not pro one time or the other you're like the classic fence-sitter right mm. that um, you know people are like you know, what are you doing I think Growing as a practitioner involves you from being in those conversations and mm. don't let that be a reason for you to take yourself out. Mm. Um, I'm saying that because <laughs> probably in the last two or three months I've had it. I've, I've been a couple, well, I've been the typical person who like looked through all the comments and read every single thing and feel like, oh, I feel so, I just don't feel comfortable commenting in this. Yeah. And I think that's, that's unhealthy. We don't really move forward. Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. And you know, I, I was. Uh, there's no doubt that there's at least seventy five percent of new grads on that page are not are not comfortable commenting, <laughs> and that's because there's one or two really strong voices, right? Mm. And like, there's no way as a new grad you have the balls to like one say what you do in the consult for fear of being judged, and two disagree with someone who's like five years on. I don't think anyone's had that kind of courage or strength as a new grad. 
Um, and then I kind of think about, well, what's the purpose of the group, right? Like, we'll just, like, just shut it down because mm. the whole purpose of the group was to help new grades. Mm. Um, so that's something I'm mindful of. And I also became mindful of letting certain people in the group, right? Because mm. you know who loud voices are. <laughs> and it's, but that, the loud voices are super valuable because they're experienced and they've read the evidence. But then what happens, I think that discourages the new grades even, even more to talk. So that's a really interesting dichotomy. Like, what do you do with that? If it's a group to help new grads have opinions and discussion, learn in a safe environment, versus letting some really experienced clinicians in who are the loud voices, that's mm-hmm. tricky. I think of um, Nicholas Schuster. He's mm-hmm. got the the private practice business owners group, and then the new grads group. I kind of really see why he's done that now. And then uh, who was I speaking to about being a a dictatorship do you think it's right to stop people coming in the group like that's not right you shouldn't say i'm not having you in the group that's a weird thing to do to someone yeah so like i guess our move has been our move you has been a really good platform because i and I, and this is something that i encourage a lot of you who are listening right now to do is tell people about your failures and tell people about the things that you've struggled with mm. and you know, you don't have to be perfect to be the person to post online. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest lesson I got, like, from the last time I posted, would be a couple of months ago, is that um, in a consult, uh, I gave an example of being in a consult, and I very much put what I wanted out of the patient. Mm. Um, and I projected that rather than listening to to what the patient wanted. And... You know, I got a few comments like, oh, like, you did completely wrong thing. Um, yeah. You know, you shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. But to me, like, I also got, like, 10 other comments of, like, you know, I'm so proud of you for, like, mm. um, being transparent, being vulnerable. And, yeah. you know, that's that's how I see, like, new, new grads, young professionals to grow. They need to be encouraged to post. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So... Yeah, if that can be one takeaway from our chat today, <laughs> um, that'll be, be it. Yeah, be brave yeah. and just get on it and embrace the embrace the views. And you know, it doesn't matter if you're a little bit biased towards one, one way. Mm. And when people attack you, you know, don't let it get personal. Yeah, okay? they're not attacking you as a person; they're attacking you for that. Yeah, for that view. And I guess there, there are people who comment out there and be like, oh, you know. Uh, that that does attack you personally, and I think that's just not on. Yeah, that's just not on. Step uh, step away from the stick. Step away from the stick. That's <laughs> look, it. Look back at the stick. <laughs> but uh, something I thought was like, you can step back from the stick, but the other person might not have. They're still holding onto one end, right? What but do you that, do? Well, that's often what it feels like. Yeah. Like I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> do manual therapy. Don't do manual therapy. Do exercise. Every, like it's not. Uh, it's not a thing, but there are definitely people still holding on the ends. I don't know what you do. Just something I noticed. Don't have the answer for you. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty agnostic about that though. Are you, or are you pretty strong? Like, no, this is what I'm going to treat. No, like I'm, I'm thought all the time. Yeah. I think I change how I treat yeah, all I the don't, time. I don't care. Like I don't hold on to it. I feel like I, I don't dictate to you guys how to treat either. I have, I have so little input into how you guys treat, right? Like zero. Like yeah. I, I just like go and do it. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't ever 
like I, I came from a job where I was told you have to be in 25 minutes mm. in the room doing manual therapy and five minutes of exercise. Yeah. And, you know, right now, sometimes I might do 25 minutes in the room and still five minutes in exercise. I would yeah. say that's pretty rare. Yeah. But, you know, it could be 50-50, it could be 40-60. Yeah. Um, it just really depends. I know that's a bit of a cop-out, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself treating one way every single time because every single patient is different. I would kind of reflect on that. Like, I don't care how you guys treat. I think it's pretty clear what our values are. Mm -hmm. And and so it's pretty clear how we treat and it has been very clear how we treat from day one, Mm -hmm. but I've never actually sat in there and said, no, don't do that. Right. It's pretty clear even in our name and how our clinics are set up where we spend most of our time and that's in the exercise part. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But would you be upset if there was, like you jumped into someone's uh, uh, someone's console and be like, and that person ended up doing like twenty minutes of hands on. I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, it's not something that would anger me. Yeah. but I would I would question it. Sure. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, what are your what are your thoughts there? Yeah. And I, we were talking about this, like me as a patient. I, like I know which one I'd prefer. I'd prefer twenty minutes of therapy <laughs> than doing my bloody hamstring curls that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, no, so that's yeah. I don't. I would never be upset with someone because I. I well, this is the whole point of this podcast, right? Is like, do we be a little more aggressive by holding one under the stick? And does holding one under the stick prod people to make better decisions quicker, be more evidence-based and not hold on to the older ways of treating? Hmm. Or is it like our style is minimal supervision? I trust Roy's going to learn that for himself and input where he needs it. Yeah, that goes back to the point, I think. Let me know what you want more. Do you want more direct instruction or do you want more of varying perspectives, which can sometimes be a little bit confusing, but uh, confusing, but I think. Yeah. Yeah. See. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the podcast. This is the iMoveU podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled career.